welcome to the Mental Health Bootcamp Podcast. This is the podcast where four mental health professionals, three of us Canadian, one of us American, serve you cutting-edge mental health knowledge. I am Dr. Ryan Howes, a clinical psychologist from Pasadena, California. And I'm Dr. Brooke Lewis, a registered clinical counselor from Canada. And I'm uh, Joanna Boyd. I'm a clinical counselor as well, and I live in Port Moody. I'm Chris Boyd, psychotherapist from Coquitlam. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, my Canadian friends. I wanted to mention that one of my good buddies, uh, actually Dr. Steve Simpson, who was on the podcast with us once, he was talking about defense mechanisms. Do you remember that? Ah, yes. He just landed a few hours ago in Vancouver for the first time ever. Great. To your great city. He's there for a conference. And uh, all, all he said so far was, this airport is the cleanest and quietest airport I've ever been in. This it, is true. It wins awards. That, it does. Um, not always quiet, but it's, uh, it's a beautiful airport, though. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, Ryan, when did he arrive? Yeah, he arrived earlier today. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was gonna say if it was only yesterday, yesterday was such a beautiful day. It was just yeah. like sunshine, like oh anyways. Yes. Yeah. It was like oh, a quintessential fall day. Oh, so beautiful. Mm. Yeah. But anyways, hopefully he'll have a bit of he's just gonna have rain here, unfortunately, but that's okay. Yeah. It's all right. I sent him the list of restaurants and activities that you guys sent me before for another friend who was visiting up there. And uh, told him, we'll just make a plug here. If he wants to have some great food, go to Joey. Three locations in Vancouver area. It's very true. <laughs> great plug. Good job. Great plug. There's a couple down, uh, three down where you are too, right? Is there three there now? The two at least. Maybe a third. Gosh. Great food. Uh, so, hey, this was uh, Halloween week, right? Sure was. Yeah, we were talking a bit before we started and uh, Ryan's going to start a petition worldwide for Halloween to be observed on the last Saturday of October. Yeah, I'm sure I'm not the first one who's thought this. This is a common aggravation among parents that, you know, the kids go out on a weeknight to trick or treat and get all amped up and sugared up and then have to get them somehow to go to bed and then they're little monsters in the morning. So let's just, we could still have the official Halloween holiday be whatever the 31st, but can we just observe it on that Saturday beforehand so that we can have a fairly normal weekend or weekdays, really? That's what I'd that like. Would, that would sure. be nice. Do you, um, one thing that's happened up here, at least in Port Moody is pajama day. Uh, the day after Halloween and some of the schools really so our um yeah niece and nephew they're at two different schools one in middle school and elementary and actually no my sister-in-law too she teaches in Burnaby and yeah they had pajama days the next day so I think that's pretty good that's you're nice. not gonna have a day off just to go to you know school in your pajamas for all the sugar crashed kids it's not a bad idea Kind of an easier day and uh everyone's kind of having fun wearing their pajamas that'd be kind of cool yeah 
I can get behind that. It really streamlines the uh, morning routine, doesn't it? I bet. Just get out of bed and just get there. Yeah. yeah. You right. can eat candy on the way. Yeah. Take a chocolate bar, hop yeah. in the car. Have a peanut butter cup for some extra protein. Yeah. Except for, I was telling this to the crew, I had a friend whose daughter literally had a razor blade in her peanut butter cup. So the uh, wrapper was already open. The daughter was suspicious of this, took it out, and there was, it was very obvious that it was in there. It was probably half in, half out. Um, and other moms in the community posted to a social media page, and it sounds like other people were, had the, the same experience, so they've been reported to the police, but crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Halloween surprises, and then uh, we're also saying that Chris and Joanna's little niece there got a potato. So this is a new thing that I hadn't heard about, so I googled it, and uh, I guess somewhere in the States it started, this person got a bowl of candy together and put one potato in there kind of as a joke. And, uh, and so when the kids came up, they were allowed to pick if they wanted the candy or the potato, they got to like pick it out themselves and kids kept picking the potato. So we, they kept putting a potato in there and now it's a thing, huh. potato, pretty exciting. My, my inner Irishman very much approves. Hmm. So this picks up and uh, next Halloween there's going to be a carrot in there and some celery and an onion. You're going to have a soup. Yeah. <laughs> a little squash. Yeah, just face candy out completely. A little patty pant squash. Yeah. It's like going to the farmer's market. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't know that we'll get kids excited about the farmer's market on Halloween, but uh, who knows? Maybe that's the way to phase out the 31st. We can candy night will be Saturday night and then farmers market night will be on the day of the week, right? Mm. <laughs> you have to orchestrate with your neighbors what vegetable or fruit you're providing. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like oh great. I got a radish. Oh, I got a kumquat. Oh. Kumquat. <laughs> Super underrated. Just for the name alone. A kumquat, you know? I think that's the main draw to the kumquat as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Um, okay. Well, hey, uh, let's make a mention of the, the book club, right? Because we're going to have a book in a few weeks uh, to discuss. Yes. What's the name of that book? There we go. Braiding Sweetgrass by, sorry, Joanna, can you read the author's name? Robin Wall Kimmerer. Kimmerer. Kimmerer? Robin Wall Kimmerer. Braiding Sweetgrass. Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teaching of Plants. There you go. Excellent. I have that in my audible files but i have not started listening yet but uh oh, we got a few weeks i am finished well you are yeah and chris is finished as well i'll well go yeah uh we painted the exterior of our house and so there was uh you needed something to listen to while you painted it was perfect good okay wow yeah well don't give your reviews yet because we'll save those right exactly okay hmm. Well, good. I'll get on it and we will be uh, diving into that book soon.
Yeah. And uh, Joe, you haven't started or have you started now? Um, I've started a little bit of this, but I actually now have it from the library on to be able to listen to it. So do you recommend, is it a good listen or should I keep up with this? Is it, um, is it the author who narrates it? I yeah, it is the author that narrates it on Audible. So I assume mm. same. Um, I enjoyed listening to it. Definitely have to speed it up. So I think I listened at 1.4 or 1.5. Okay. And even then it was, I probably could have pushed it faster. It was comfortable to listen to at 1.4. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Right on. So, up to you. Okay. If all three of you are gonna have listened to it, then I'm tempted to do it this way. But anyways, we'll see. Sounds great. Yeah. I'm I'll, I'll get to it as soon as I'm done with uh, a book I'm currently listening to called Nine Nasty Words, where they talk about the etiology of nine very well known swear words. Oh that's interesting. You yeah. just never know what you're reading. Including why we call them swear words or curses, right? Mm. All these things have have their specific ideology. It's kind of cool. You're intrigued. Yes. I think there's a show on Netflix um, about that stuff too. Oh. About the starting of the swear words, where they come from. Yeah. Well, it's. I like I like language stuff. I think that's kind of interesting. So it's been kind of fun. Plus, it's a little naughty listening about nine nasty words. <laughs> we are a rascal. Well, let's get to our topic. Let's serve up our cutting edge mental health knowledge here. All right. Sounds good. I drew the short straw tonight. I'm the one who has to do the ambush. So I'm going to get to that. All right, so here we go. Ambush, I know the topic, you three don't. Drum roll, please. Here we go, everybody. Envy and jealousy. What's the difference? Why do we envy? What can we do about it? Cool. Good one. I, this makes me think of a certain book. Does it? Which one? Uh, Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, because it's kind of like an encyclopedia for emotion, right? Yeah, and I read, there's one uh, is about envy and jealousy, and I learned something because I really didn't know the difference. And oh, all right, Joe, what is floor. it? Well, I can, I can share this, Ryan, and maybe you can see if you have, if you all have different, how you define envy and jealousy, but I just um, want to say that that Joe, you, we've been trying for ninety one episodes to not mention Brene Brown, and you broke that <laughs> right now. I didn't even know. You busted it. The jinx oh. is is up. That's it. Should I leave? Yeah, does that mean uh, no I'm bigger on, on the description of this podcast and get a million listeners? <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead, Joe. What do you got? Um. So. My understanding from that was that if you envy someone, it's for something they have. You might envy their house, you know, their yard, their something they 
their job, something like that. That's envying it. And if you're jealous of someone, it's more of there's a there's a threat to a relationship. So it'd be like you're jealous of because your two friends are hanging out because there's a threat to your relationship with those people or you're jealous of your partners playing video games all the time because that video game is a threat you know there's a there's jealousy of something because it's a impacting your relationship so my that was how she said it was that jealousy is more um yeah something to do with a relationship being threatened a little bit and envy is more about something that you envy that they might have or yeah Interesting. not necessarily an object but a, a position something like that so i think it seems that a lot of people should be saying they are envy of, <laughs> I think people use jealousy a bit too much, according to what she says as her definitions, whereas we're actually more envious of people for certain things versus jealous. But I'm actually quite, that envious. I'm quite envious of your knowledge of jealousy. There you go. I just thought it was super neat. I was like, and it just stuck with me. I was like, oh, and I've actually shared that in sessions and stuff because I'm like, oh, actually I've heard that might be envy, but <laughs> We rarely use the word envy. Really? I think so. I don't know. I've I've now tried a bit more knowing that I know the actual definition of it compared to jealousy, but I think I 100% hear jealousy more than envy. I definitely, definitely hear jealousy more. Um, I feel like I bring up envy or it comes up in sessions a good amount. Oh, Not that's... like a everyday situation, but probably a few times a month kind of situation where it's talking about feeling envious okay so how any other thoughts of how others would define the difference i i yeah i hadn't thought of it or or heard it defined the way that old Brene yeah. did there but uh i think that's a that's a good kind of working definition but i guess i had thought of of Envy is as kind of jealousy plus anger. Um, so jealousy yeah. being, uh, you know, you either have something or you're involved in something. You know, what, there's something that you've got that I want, whether that's relational or cr creature comfort or whatever that might be. And envy is you have that and I'm angry about it as well. I feel I'm kind of stewing about it. I'm kind of maybe I'm angry at you, but maybe I'm angry at me that I don't have it. You know, why, why am I left behind? And it's a, uh, it's a difficult emotion. It's one that, that I've heard probably more of, uh, from clients recently. Um, and then, and it's interesting because they, they bring it up and they're like, I don't, I don't like feeling this. <laughs> like they, they know that they feel it, but they're, and they're aware of what's going on and aware of the barrier that causes with them and their, their friend or their partner, whoever it might be. Like I want to get rid of this thing. This is this is uncomfortable. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll toss on top of that. Uh, a, a time a while ago, um, I was taking a class or talking a theology class, and talking about what's known in in the the Christian Bible, the the seven deadly sins, mm -hmm. and. Uh, You've heard of these before. If you watch the movie Seven, you uh, know them. But like it's it's gluttony, lust, sloth, greed, and a couple others. And envy is one of them. And in, in some people's commentary, they were saying that that they feel like envy is the worst of all of them, of all of those deadly sins, because there's no upside to it. Like if you 
if you're into gluttony, at least you get to enjoy the food for a while until it becomes too much. If you're um, lust, the you know, sex might be fun for a while, but it's that's mm. no, you know, the, it loses it after a while. But with envy, there's like no nothing good about that. It's there's no positive to it. Go ahead, Joe. What about in certain amounts or in certain situations? Like if you are like, I guess, going from what I talked about envying some something like envying what someone has, would it, could there be potential for motivational factors there? Like if I'm envious of that, oh, you got that degree or as long as it's not going to be, I can see how too much of that is not helpful because it, it feeds into comparison. And I think comparison can be in, in some ways it could feed us in the right way. In other ways it can um, be quite detrimental, but I wonder if that's a possibility there. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that might be a bit of where it goes as far as what, what do we do about it? Right. Like it's turning it from just kind of sitting, sitting and like feeling gross or feeling the deficit, feeling the anger, whatever that might be to channeling it into a motivation to maybe I can do something about that. Like identify what my needs are and try to go and get them instead of being disappointed or whatever our feelings about the other person who has what we wish we had. Right. Right. So, yeah, I think there's, there's certainly a motivational factor that we can tap into Mm-hmm. can be helpful for people yeah. i'm kind of curious of what kind of things we typically be envious about though because it can maybe direct your goal setting and give you motivation to move in a certain direction but you know do you tend to be envious of things that will actually lead to fulfillment probably not well no actually like <laughs> i think of are, it is right? <laughs> like um i do hear a lot like um like relational trauma clients where it was like a parents where they didn't have secure attachments with their parents especially I hear it more from women but this like I envy other women who have a positive relationship with their mothers Mm. I envy that yeah that bond and um yeah so in that yeah Yeah, in that example agree as well yeah yeah even even more so than that this is one that I think we, we can all wrap our heads around it's like you're someone who you you want a relationship and your friend suddenly gets into a good relationship and you're happy for them but you're also you feel this this yuckiness inside of like oh you know what my friend's like moving up in the world and i'm not and i'm right. i'm happy for them but i also feel this envy about that or this yeah this, like that's something i deeply want yeah and and i hear this a lot with 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 you know, some women who are like, I really want to have a baby. And my mm-hmm. friend just announced that she got pregnant and it's great. I'm happy for her, but that really shines a spotlight on my deficit here. What I'm, what I'm, what I'm lacking right now. And she's like, I just want to feel happy for my friend. Why can't I just feel that way? But this kind of gets in the way. And we could see a lot of different things, you know, the job and career advancement or other things that people might, others have. And we, I just think that in the age of Instagram, this is kind of a big thing too, right? Yeah. Like, look at this. Yeah, like kind of piggybacking on what you said a little bit. Like when you say Instagram, 
So let's say people are scrolling and social media, TikTok, whatever, and they see all these things. I don't know if they're envious of the things or if they're envious of like something more about that person or profile, like um, the lifestyle or the portrayal of happiness or success or there might be like a deeper value that the person is after more than like, oh, I wish I had a yacht. Well, they're probably actually saying, I wish I could travel or have financial freedom or relationship. Like, I'm, I wonder about that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And having a hard time maybe for that person to even articulate it or reflect on it, because then it extends to, well, if I buy their product, then I will be whatever. I will be closer to that. Yeah. Yes. So, so why would someone experience envy and someone would not, you know, because um, it's not, envy is not necessary to, yeah. to clarify, you know, for gold clarification and whatnot. So there could be some dissent. I don't know. Maybe someone, if they're more susceptible to maybe they're having a harder time or there's some dis- dissatisfaction with different areas of their life. Um, yeah. That would be more the yeah envy. I want what they someone has. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I remember when when I was in I was when I was in high school. I was like sixteen or something, and I worked worked hard at school and and uh, tried to get good grades and all that kind of stuff. One of my best friends was kind of a kind of a slacker, you know, but he had a, he had a lot of fun. He was a great guy. Um, but he just didn't put that much effort into into schoolwork. Uh, and his his parents told him if you get a a B average, we'll buy you a car. And he got a B average and he got he got his car. And I was seething with envy. <laughs> so I, was, I was so angry. That this this situation could happen. I I was kind of happy for him, but I was like, man, <laughs> I've already you know I've got above a B average and I don't I don't have anything, and uh, I was angry about that. So what do you think I was stemming from? But like this uh, anger often is a uh, perception of unfairness and or injustice, right? So it it felt unfair. I, I felt it was unfair. I've I've got better grades than him and I don't have anything, and he just gets a B average and suddenly gets a car. So yeah, it was, it was, I had a deficit. I think it's where it came from. It's like, I was feeling deprived somehow. Um, maybe not feeling recognized for my hard work or whatever it was. And, uh, and then I was mad that he was recognized for doing, for getting his, his car from his good grades, you know? Did he love the car as much as you probably thought he did? Yeah, he loved his car. He was a little older than me and he, he had a car several months before I did. And I was like, oh man, this car. No. But I think, I mean, Joe, to be fair, I mean, the, I, I like Brene's uh, definition. I think that's that makes it a lot cleaner in some ways. It's just jealousy being about relationships and envy being about things, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, the being envious, someone, yeah, something someone has, and then having something and it being threatened by someone else, I think is the jealousy. 
yeah. relationship and someone else's a friendship is, is threatened or yeah. So I think that that was kind of my understanding of it. So I'm like, yeah. So I think that's the key word threatened uh, as I'm pondering this too, right? Like, um, yeah, I guess it is relational. I'm just trying to think of other examples. So if, I don't know, somebody who has a work position and they're working really hard to get a promotion and yep. a new person and they have a good re- working relationship with the boss and a new person joins the company and they also get along with the boss and then the other person gets the promotion. Right. So right. that relationship they originally had with the boss was threatened by that person coming in. But so was the promotion. Yeah. Or, yeah. You'd be envious of the promotion, but you could be jealous that that person now has a different relationship with like envious or jealousy of their relationship. Yeah, yeah. So that's a part, or let's say you are, I don't know, you're at whatever position somebody new comes in and now you're, you feel like your position is threatened. So this new person has a really good relationship with the boss or whatever. If, yeah, I see. Okay, yeah, that would still be relational because you're like, I feel threatened yep. with their relationship that that, that that will then negatively affect me. Yeah. And my relationship and, with them, maybe. And along with, with Brene Brown, I'd like to bring in the other research group, uh, The Killers, who brought in the song Mr. Brightside, uh, where they talk all about jealousy. It's a relational jealousy about... A, a, a man who uh, I think his ex-girlfriend is kissing someone else and he feels this burning jealousy, which is all relational. So hmm. I think cite that as another. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Brene. Very formal reference. Yes. Consulted them as well. The part of me feels though, like, is it, is it really necessary to, to, to distinguish the two? Um, like, to, I think it's almost tomatoes, tomatoes here, but if someone's like, Oh, I feel really jealous of this, the, this, person's car you're not going to go well, actually technically that's envy that you've experienced right now <laughs> no but where it does come in helpful to be able to figure it out or provide a definition which i don't know if it's happened to you guys it's definitely happened to me in the past few in maybe the past year or more with clients is they say well it's not jealousy like this is what's happened and if um maybe I feel jealous and they're like, no, that's not the right word. Like they, um, they mm. it doesn't quite hit for whatever reason. Oh, I see. So mm. to be able to say, oh, I'm wondering if like, do you feel envious and enough. maybe here's why. Mm. I just feel like there's an underlying theme there. It's kind of a yearning for, for something that, yeah. so, again, some kind of deficit or perceived deficit that you have. Um, I just took a peek at something and I just want to see if this, it says jealousy differs from envy in that jealousy always involves three parties. You, what you have, and an outside force that poses a threat to what you have. Yeah. Okay. That's another another thing to add into the mix there. Jealousy will always have an external presence that uh, is influencing your emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But- and envy, envy is almost more observational. Like you're watching something where you're aware of something, but the struggle is within. Yeah. So yeah, I'm curious about that. So it's like not a direct impact to you or your life. So there has to be a third party though. Like what happens if you're just living your life and you have no idea someone's jealous of, of a connection or a friendship or relationship that you have? I think it's more like, but there's still 
like if I'm just living my life and I have a good connection with a friend and I don't know that my other friend is jealous of my friendship with my friend, that still doesn't mean it's not right. developed, yeah. though. All three parties don't need to be in the know. I think it just involves good point. a thing, I think. It, it, it still involves me. Yeah. And another, yeah. Still involves three people. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't necessarily impact three people, but no. Okay. So I think a common thread here, regardless of the definitions here, the common thread I think we're often talking about here is the is the deficit. Something's missing. And and whether it's someone else having what we're missing or uh, having a relationship thing that we're threatened by, whatever that might be, we're not feeling whole, we're not feeling fulfilled by where, where we are, or, or these feelings probably wouldn't occur, right? Yeah, but I would just say, add to that, uh, perception of a deficit, right? Your okay, yeah. It's yeah. so tough to mm -hmm. objectify right. that, right? Because there's some people that have very little, but they don't feel jealous or envious, right? Sure. They don't see, sure. yeah. If I, if I hated my car, but my neighbor drew up in a brand new dream car that I would I know, wish I had, I'm going to feel, I feel something about that. Oh, you have this thing that I wish I had. If I felt content with what I had, oh, I like I like what I've got. I'm fine with it. They drive up in something nice. Oh, good for you. That looks really cool. And I'd probably leave it behind, right? There's that perception of a deficit of like, oh, I'm yeah. lacking. I'm there's something missing here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Do you think yeah. it, it can almost like you could do it but not in a super serious way like oh man great car wish i had that but you're also not actually like upset that you don't you know i don't know if that makes sense like you're actually fine with your car but who i think sometimes call? that's a that's a compliment to there we perceive that as a compliment to the other person like oh boy you're lucky you got that car way to go i yeah. wish i had that it's part of showing that i don't know affirmation appreciation for them sometimes yeah or you could drive like a, a rabbit or something like that. Someone else could have a Porsche. And yeah, again, you're like, meh. The person in the Porsche is like, oh, they're so jealous of my car. The person yeah. in the rabbit must be just <laughs> with, uh, with their car. Yeah. That's right. Tent. That's it. That's it. So if, you're, if you've got that deficit, I guess, you know, an old saying in, in this field is like, happiness is, is, is loving what you have instead of having what you love or something like that mm. right yeah. it's, it's if you can accept and and appreciate what you have recognizing that's not always possible you know we if you don't have enough money to pay the bills that's going to be a hard thing to love you know um but i think there's a lot of us who kind of go through life with like if onlys, you know, if only I had this, then I'd be happy. If only I had that car or that much money or that gadget, then, then I would be okay. And I think that's a, that's a dangerous kind of trap to get caught in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was like Jim Carrey alluded to something like that. He was, he said, I wish everyone could have millions of dollars and access to anything and everything they have so they can realize it doesn't actually lead to any sense of happiness or contentment something along those lines oh yeah be like well i wouldn't mind trying myself if you want to give me some of your millions of dollars we can see where that goes but 
kind of back to these socially or, or these uh, culturally constructed norms or, you know, we're through a lot of different forces. We're, mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to uh, achieve various things that actually won't really lead to fulfilling a sense of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unless you actually have, that's not, I guess, fully true, because if you have meaningful connections in your life, if you have sources of meaning and purpose, and then, then you add something to it, then that's a lot better than someone who doesn't have the connection and meaning and purpose, and they buy like a Ferrari, right? Certainly. And I guess also just to really normalize that, I think it's really, I don't know, especially like growing up and when you're a teenager and even into adulthood, how common it common it is to maybe be jealous of a friendship or someone, you know, like I've been there. I've, you know, been like, oh man, like they're hanging out so much or do they have what I have? And it's, I think you're just trying to, you know, we all have our insecurities at times or, and maybe that's what the deficit, I don't know. But it, it, I think it's just, when we talk about deficit, I think that's like, oh man, I see that could be a bit of an overwhelming term, but I think it could just be, yeah. You know, we have our insecurities and we want to belong and we want to and I think as you go through life and you learn about these things you can maybe see you know where you want to put your energy etc and the friendships that matter etc but I just I think it's so common to be jealous <laughs> of relationships at some point or another in your life whether family ones friendship ones whatever and I think it, it just I think it's good to ask yourself well what's going on here for me and yeah and also am I yeah I don't know asking ourselves learning a little bit Totally. I go back to what, what we were saying before, Joe, what you mentioned there is that, you know, maybe one of the positive points of envy or jealousy could be a motivation to, to change something. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, I think we really have, yeah, I guess a couple of, a couple of choices if you're feeling super jealous, envious, whichever term we're going to point at here, but it's, it's either channel that into the motivation to strive for something that you want that you don't yet have to try to seek that fulfillment or to work to I guess accept what you do have right and to try to feel a little better about where where you are yeah my rabbit is just fine look at it. it gets me to work every day this is great I like my car you know I don't need a Ferrari insurance on that would be a killer I don't want that you know whatever it might be to help you either accept and embrace where you are or to, to work towards something you. Yeah. The gratitude piece. But I, yeah, to Joanna's point though, I, I do think there's a higher likelihood of feeling jealous in uh, the adolescent years. Cause I think there's yeah. a major shift there that happens away from your parents and towards having strong connections with people your age. Right. And yeah. I think there's a, a survival piece to that. And early adulthood. I would yeah. say, uh, not just adolescence, right? Because also that would be when, let's say you're moving out, um, maybe you're going to university or living on residence or you're moving out for the first time on your own and you have roommates or whatever. Uh, the social network that you're building, you're reliant on them for support. You're, you know, you have your family too, but you're trying to launch off into independence and autonomy. Yeah. And, and if those relationships are threatened, that, that could be yeah. or non-existent that could be very very scary right that yeah. so, so developmentally to, yeah up to around the age, age of 25 then right or until you're stable enough yeah. to be kind of like self-sufficient and yeah um yeah that's where if you don't have those strong connections 
And then you, you can see some of the, the jealousy and envy maybe linger for many years after, yeah. right? Because yeah. you notice it more, perhaps, the connections other people have and the, and the void there within yeah. yourself. Yeah, and I'm sure it's also, um, you know, if you look into someone's past, if they're maybe more likely to be jealous if they've had a series of insecure relationships, like maybe relationships that weren't really super healthy or super loving, and then they have a somebody who pays attention and listens to them and cares about them. And then if that relationship is threatened in any way, then jealousy, you know, who really goes up, right? Like this is a cherished gem yeah. Um, because it's uh, like their own insecurity of if they're good enough or if they can maintain that relationship or what's going to happen if that person goes away. And yeah, this might funnel into some codependency. I don't know. But sometimes, again, in the teenage years, it, it really springs that sense of competition, right? You yeah. What you can to fight for that friendship. It's maybe sometimes contradicting your values at times for some people, but interesting. Opposed to saying, you know what? We can all be friends. That's okay. I'm sure hopefully that happens in some circumstances, but yeah. Yeah. But definitely no. tougher just to say, I'm grateful, uh, you know. But, Great what I have when you don't have know. those relationships with, as a teenager, that'd be yeah. very difficult or young adult. You know, I'm glad we had this conversation because I just, yeah, through this conversation, I just realized it, it really wasn't about my friend's car at all when I was a teenager. It was about the fact that his parents cared about his grades. Mm. That's what I was. Because my dad was a very hands-off guy, and I'd bring home a report card, and he'd be like, "Oh, nice, you know, it's cool." But there wasn't there wasn't a lot of you know fanfare around that, even though I worked really hard to do it. And but this friend had, had his parents were like, "Come on, get those grades, go get it," and uh, and they and they they put their money where their mouth was, you know. They're like, "We'll get you something." I don't know that that's always the best motivator for for grades, but that's beside the point. The fact is, is that it was the relational component that was really the, I think the driving factor. Interesting. There we go. I'm healed everybody. Thank you. What if that's we're $200. Yeah, invoices in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> and also um, if, if it's a flashy car, they may get attention from people and yeah. people may want to go hop in the car for uh, go to, for lunch or so. It may actually um, help. May, may have helped your friends socially too. <laughs> he was in the muscle cars. I don't know if you guys know those cars much, but this was a 1970 Pontiac Firebird. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Bright orange. And uh, man, it would it was fast, fast, fast. Dangerous. But, uh, you really like those kinds of cars. So <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you got it. But what he really got were his parents. That's what really matters. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out you're actually maybe jealous then, not envious. Yes, yes. Jealous. No, no you're no. still envious because it's something you want, not something you have that's being threatened. Uh, okay. okay. Like there's no, right, Joanna? Like it's something, jealousy is something yeah. that is... Uh, like yeah. a relational threat. I think that would be envy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Darn. Okay. But relational want would be envy. 
Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Getting getting our head around this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that was Ryan's brother who was getting the car for the grades, and his parents didn't give yes. him motivation. That would be probably jealousy of the relationship there. Ah. Get it. Got it. That's my guess. Yeah. That's good. Thanks, Joe. Now I gotta go cry in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. All good. These are difficult emotions for sure. They are. They're big ones. They are. No. Yeah. yeah. And I think, um, yeah, in this day and age, you, you know, social media was brought up. That's a big uh, perpetrator for getting a lot of people feeling envy and jealousy um mm -hmm. always worrying about what people are doing if you're not there or worrying about what people have and you don't like ugh, it's just like get us stop it get out of you know you have to be so careful with that stuff yeah like let's say you're in a, in a very cold climate like next week and uh you know someone's posting pictures uh from from hawaii you know they're enjoying yeah. a great time in hawaii having a pina colada with, with your parents looking out on the beach swimming with the dolphins i mean that's that's a hard thing to have to face right it is interesting because there could be this 100 percent, and i and i know i don't feel it though there could be very much jealousy because they're going away with my mom and dad they get to have these times and i know i've thought about that before and I don't think that's a very strong emotion for me. I think I'm more happy that they're going to have those experiences together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, would it be wonderful to be in Hawaii with them? I think that's more the factor. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Just being a place to be and to relax. But a yeah, little bit more, more of the envy piece. Like, oh, yeah, that would be great if I could go too. Yeah, but there could be space for sure for the, the jealousy to have, um, but... I think it's it's more I'm just I'm glad you guys are all doing that together so yeah. I don't feel a threat like oh gosh now mom and dad don't care about me as much or what's happening or if I'm being excluded nothing like that that is happening though you darn it <laughs> <laughs> well I'm feeling okay about it so <laughs> yeah I think we've all experienced jealousy and envy but I think the older you get and maybe practicing gratitude or focusing mm -hmm. on the, the good things that are happening it is actually pretty cool just to be genuinely happy for someone. Totally. So the promotion, you're like, that's awesome. I'm mm -hmm. really excited for you. That's great. Yeah. Without the ah, the self-comparison piece or the sense of competition or right. you know, bring it back on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that's one of the hardest parts of it is that I don't want to have negative feelings towards, you know, someone I care about, someone who's that close to me or even have that as part of the relationship when they're successful, right? Like I say, that's that's what that's what I hear from clients. It's like, ugh, why, why do I have to deal with this? So yes, the striving, the gratitude, the self-acceptance, and maybe even at times the grief, right? Maybe that's another piece of this that's that's preventing the acceptance is the grief, you know, ah, you know, I don't have that, or I'm not in that stage of my life, or I'm not, um, you know, I'm not able to do whatever that is right now. 
Yeah. And just needing to allow yourself to feel the grief of that, to to cry it out, to to feel it, uh, in order to work through and get to a place of acceptance of what your what those deficits might be, right? Yeah. So maybe some radical acceptance, mm -hmm. and then uh, mm -hmm. trying to focus on things you have control over mm -hmm. within your day. Hopefully, some self care in there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, some writing or connecting and talking about that, mm -hmm. processing those feelings. So yeah, I agree. There's a good old cognitive reframing. What I hear often is, "Well, yeah, I see this Instagram photo, but obviously, I, I don't, we we don't know what their life is actually like, or mm -hmm. we don't know if they're accepting her." experiencing any difficulties or challenges mm -hmm. to try to put in perspective a bit. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, that's the thing too. I mean, Instagram's wonderful in a lot of ways, but boy, does it help people to show just a, that small <laughs> sliver of their life that they want to show. That's really great. Right. Yeah. Well, and often it's not even a sliver of their life. Um, like you don't see, the making of the photo right like they uh yeah I've come across it maybe twice where people are like you know they're doing this to put on their Instagram and just the amount of time that they have put into getting the perfect picture and having somebody take that picture in ridiculous situations or the amount of yeah uh, just energy that kind of goes into it so the, the moment isn't actually an authentic moment. The whole, not only is there a filter, but the picture itself is staged. And that's probably the 100th take of the day. <laughs> and then it's filtered. So it, it, it isn't a candid, this is my life moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is, this is the image I want to show you, but it might not actually be that moment. Yeah. And like, what did you actually experience in that moment? So one of them, we were all in Tofino and there were, Joanna, did you see that when we were in Tofino, the two people down the beach taking photos for their Instagram? No. And it was like this super, super windy day. So it's like super cold out. Uh, we are, it's in May, but yeah, very windy coats and blankets and all kinds of things. And then there's these people just down the beach full on like bikinis and bathing suits and taking photos of each other and um, trying to get the right wind and the background. So in the photo, I'm sure the photos turned out lovely, but I'm like, you don't see the fact that they were super cold. They weren't actually engaging with nature or each other. That there wasn't a memorable moment happening. They yep. weren't connecting with their surroundings. So there wasn't, it's like, yeah, you're not going to hear that story of how they were like super cold and did this for a long time and they took 300 photos and you know yeah yeah that's true that's that's really that's true it's 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 kind of comical uh, as an outsider like wow yeah. it seems like extreme effort just for to get that get that photo and get those likes right I think there's a lot to it. I think there's a whole psychology behind that. Like, why do you post the photos that you post, right? What, what, what totally. is, what's the driving force behind that? I suspect for some people it's, I'm lovable. Like, look at me, I'm important. Mm -hmm. Some people actually do it and make a living, so. Yeah. It's also their job to do that, but. Yeah. 
actually, I mean, to the topic, I think there's there's some who are they're pulling for that envy, right? You know, mm-hmm. en- yeah. envy my life, envy what I've got. Um, and the more you envy me, the more attention you're going to give my account, the more money I'm going to make. Yeah, but even if you're not an Instagram celebrity or star, then again, I think that envy is you want that that attention or that, that I don't know or acknowledgement, acknowledgement or, or the love, the pat on the back. I think it comes down to love, recognition, whatever. It's yeah, just, you're special. Yeah, I'm on. Look where I am. I'm special. Or look, you know. Yeah. Look, look who I'm with, or what I'm doing. But. That's true. Boy. Well, you guys are all special the way you are. We think you're pretty special too. Thanks. I wasn't fishing for a special, but thank you anyway. I'll take it. You're all lovable. You don't need to envy anybody. Just keep being you. <laughs> all right. That's, uh, that, that insight that you had has really made a shift for you. It's great. Yeah. It's really changed things. Oh my gosh. Yes. Wow. I just wanted the parents, not the car. What do you know? Hmm. There you are. Well, okay. We're going to have a couple weeks off and uh, then we'll come back and we'll come back and do the book or do we, does That's me first. Okay. Brooke gets to talk first and then the book. All right. So we'll be in fully in holiday season at that point. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Okay. Lovely. All right, guys. Well, I think we've we've done a good job with this topic. Thank you. I've I've learned a lot more, both intellectually and personally, through this talk. Yeah, great topic. <laughs> All right, we will sign off. So that's it. Like and subscribe. Apple, Google, Podbean, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. Send your questions to us somehow. Tell a friend or two. Carrier pigeon. Carrier pigeon, smoke signal, whatever it is. And uh, thanks a lot. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye.